0: This is Window on the East, a podcast from BNE IntelliNews. Subscribe at bne.eu. Hello and welcome to Windows on the East with me, Ben Aris. I'm the editor-in-chief of BNE IntelliNews. I'm joined today by Anders Asland, a very well-known commentator and senior fellow at the Atlantic Council in Washington. Anders, um, I thought we'd kick off with uh, Ukraine and the military escalation there. Um, You know, some people have been talking about Russian forces massing on the border and uh, suggested that there might be an invasion or um, at least a significant scaling up of the military conflict. Uh, President Poroshenko himself has put the country on high alert and has warned of an invasion. Looking back over this whole thing for the last year and a half, we've had numerous reports of Russian forces building up and nothing ever happened militarily. I mean, from my perspective, I think definitely um, there there is a military build-up, but it's more to do with saber-rattling, with ratcheting up the tension, and moreover, these build-ups tend to happen just before some large international conference. And, of course, we had the G20 meeting in China on September the 4th in in just over 10 days. Do do you seriously think that there's a threat of military invasion, or, or is this part of a sort of geopolitical...
1: I think that the correct answer is that we don't know, that there are several different uh, options. One option is, as you said, that uh, this is just in order to ratchet up the situation. But uh, what I hear from uh, the military sources here in Washington is that there has not been so many Russian troops on the borders all around uh, for one year. So that the last uh, height was uh, in August uh, uh, last year. And given uh, three uh, Russian Security Council meetings in in two weeks, which is pretty unique, uh, and uh, maneuvers going on in Transnistria, the Black Sea, and the Southern Russia Caucasus 2016, it looks as if some incursion would be quite likely or something else, some military action inside Ukraine, while what the US military considers is that uh, the the Russian troops are not enough for a major offensive into uh, uh, Ukraine. Because several people,
0: including Tim Ash just today, repeated the point that one of the reasons he said that he doesn't believe there's going to be any sort of significant invasion is that ukraine would be easy to take for the russian army but impossible to hold and militarily it's a non-starter in that sense that you know they couldn't secure the country take it over if but i think that's the crudest scenario out there that's not actually what would happen is it i mean
1: Yeah, I don't think that anybody really believes in a full-scale Russian attack uh, going on Kiev or taking large part of the country, but it could be an incursion in some part of Ukraine for a reason that we don't know. But if you
0: could speculate, I mean, what, what possible benefit would the Kremlin have from, you know, upping the forces and tipping his hand. I mean, Putin's actually in public admitted there are Russian troops on the ground in Donbass. But, um, you know, to make it blatant, uh, and also this would be, you know, fly in the face of any pretense of sticking to Minsk 2, well, what possible benefit could the Kremlin get from, from uh, an incursion?
1: Well, the most commonly mentioned uh, reason is uh, simply to kill off uh, Minsk 2, uh, which is now uh, the hook on which uh, western sanctions are uh, being based uh, uh, an argument often mentioned among the ukrainians is uh, to increase uh, repression in uh, northern crimea in order to uh, subdue the uh, crimean tartars uh, we are also seeing uh, an intense uh, uh, change at the top level in uh, in Russia, in particular with uh, the ouster of uh, Sergey Ivanov as Putin's uh, chief of staff. So it could be connected with Russian domestic politics. And of course, we have Russian Duma election on the 18th of September. Uh, President uh, Putin in action has uh, showed himself a, a very fond of. Uh, uh, the Tsarist Minister Kleber's uh, idea of a small and victorious uh, war. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I think that must play
0: into it. surely the, uh, the the looking tough just ahead of the elections. I mean, and they, they're going to struggle to get United Russia to, to get its 50%. Do you subscribe to the theory, though, um, that Putin's ratcheting things up because he would like to do a deal with Obama before Hillary Clinton comes in? And Obama has not sort of shown himself to be overly. Or at least the Americans have backed off somewhat from the whole Ukraine situation. I mean, after Biden went down to Kiev and and lectured them, like, come on, guys, this is a historic opportunity. Pull your finger out. You've got to get on with it. Um, Since then, there's been not that much involvement. However, a deal with Clinton, if she were to win the presidency, surely would be a lot more difficult than with Obama, in so much as she's made it clear that she's a bit of a Russian bull.
1: You are certainly uh, uh, right in your uh, assessment of uh, these two uh, Democrats with regard to Russia uh, pol- uh, policy. But it might also be that uh, Putin does not want to uh, deal with Obama, but thinks that he can steamroll uh, Obama as he uh, so elegantly did in Syria. And um, what about Minsk too? Isn't that actually dead in the
0: water? I mean, a couple of the conditions were were crystal clear. There was a deadline on changing the Constitution by the end of 2015, which was missed. Um, There was the amnesty law, which was actually written and passed, but has yet to be signed by Poroshenko and so is not in place. And of course, you know, the saga of of the elections in Donbass. and none of these things have been uh, completed, whereas on the other side the Russians still have men on the ground and they were supposed to withdraw them. Although the thing with giving back the border, that explicitly was linked to first having constitutional change and then giving back the border. But, you know, it's it's nearly a year or at least half a year on from the deadline,
1: isn't the whole process dead? I mean, isn't everyone just flogging a dead horse now? Uh, uh, yes, the process is dead, but uh, the process is the reason for uh, the Western uh, uh, sanctions. Uh, and uh, you mentioned what Ukraine hasn't done, but of course Russia has not uh, done one single thing. Uh, foreign troops should be withdrawn. Uh, heavy military equipment should be withdrawn. Yep. Instead, Russia has piled up lots of uh, heavy military equipment so that uh, the uh, uh, Donbass occupying the uh, occupying forces they are one of the strongest uh, armies in uh, Europe in terms of military uh, hardware. So it's clear uh, that Russia has never intended to comply with. Uh, Minsk 1 or Minsk uh, uh, 2 and now Russia tries to get rid of the whole thing. I think that an underlying idea is that Putin understands that he can't get anywhere with Germany and France because they are not operative enough and that he wants to deal with Washington directly. This is sort of the only thing that, uh, that is clear in the situation. Do you, do you think Putin has any chance of
0: doing a deal with Obama before, uh, the, uh, before the, the, the November elections?
1: National Security Advisor Susan Ryan said it about uh, two mu- uh, months ago, there is an ambition in the White House to do so. And we have a Vladislav Surkov uh, Victoria Newland uh, process uh, going on. And this is quite different from the uh, uh, Minsk process. Uh, they are simply discussing one step after the other what could be done, trying to uh, change the Minsk process into uh, something operative. But uh, at the same time, it appears that uh, neither the White House nor the Kremlin. Uh, have actually given this process uh, their full, um, uh, full su- support.
0: Because there is a weakening of the resolve uh, although Merkel as you said is, is sticking to her guns uh, and has really been a statesman in this whole uh, story. Uh, Steinmeier her foreign minister uh, floated the idea of maybe a phased uh, withdrawal of sanctions against um, I don't know provable or obtainable uh, goalposts uh, on the Russian side. Um, which would be, uh, it, it, my point being is, is that people seem to be looking for a way out of this because simply, you know, saying Minster <clears throat> needs to be resolved and nothing's going to happen before that is going to leave us with a frozen conflict, surely.
1: Well, uh, I don't think that you should take uh, what the Steinmeier says uh, very seriously. It's very much uh, the, the Chancellor who decides the policy in uh, Germany. They are in a coalition government, but... Uh, The Christian Democrats have almost uh, uh, twice as much uh, support among the population as uh, the social uh, Democrats. So uh, listen to what Angela Merkel says, and she maintains a very firm line. With regard to France, we can say that President Hollande is simply happy that he's allowed to be part of the process and obeys uh, uh, Chancellor Merkel uh, in every point.
0: Uh, you mentioned before the uh, the reshuffle and Ivanov um, being, well, being told to resign is the way we're taking it and stepping aside for a younger man. And there's been uh, a, a whole series uh, of of replacements. Um, it started maybe with Yakunin at Railways who was sacked about a year ago for, as I see it, being incompetent. But now it's starting to look like a, a, a bigger reshuffle because since then we've had a whole bunch of governors, a whole bunch of mayors who've been sacked, arrested, accused of corruption, the border guards, um, Baltic fleet heads, and now Ivanov, who is one of Putin's oldest and most trusted lieutenants. Um, What do you think is actually going on here? I mean, the the standard um, received wisdom is that Putin simply wants to have uh, a younger administration. But nevertheless, all of these people are sort of... They're, they're basically their unifying quality is their, their loyalty to Putin personally and I don't see anything else in terms of skill sets or experience um, that, that makes them look any better than the previous guys what, what do you think is actually going on here?
1: Yeah, uh, this is really the big uh, question then uh, Yevgeny Kiselyov uh, uh, exiled the Russian uh, journalist currently in the Uh, Ukraine had a wonderful article published uh, in Kiev uh, yesterday where he argued that what Putin is doing now is the correspondence to uh, Stalin's uh, great purge in 1937. Not that he will kill off the people, but that he will do away with all the people who knew him in previous positions, all the people who can talk to him on first name terms. Uh, that is uh, all the people uh, that knew him from the KGB all the uh, people who knew him uh, in St. Petersburg, all the people who can look down uh, upon him. So I think that we are uh, I subscribe to that idea, and I think uh, that we are likely to see a much greater uh, purge of uh, all these uh, heads of uh, security agencies where something big started uh, in April. But at the same time, that means that Putin might get into trouble because my reading is that he does not have a majority on the Security Council. It's striking that Sergey Ivanov, after being uh, uh, ousted as the Chief of Staff, stays on at the Security uh, Council. So I think that... But uh,
0: the, ma- the Security Council, all said and done, uh, doesn't have that much power in so much as uh, Putin retains all the power. And that's uh, by so dint of his personal so. popularity. Is by I do his personal popularity. Um, that makes him unassailable in so much as uh, the government itself is, is not particularly po- popular. And while and while eighty two percent popularity rating, it makes him pretty much um, how shall I
1: say um, unbreakable as as a president. No, I don't think so at all. I think that. Uh... Uh, Putin is vulnerable and he's vulnerable from these people that he wants uh, uh, to remove now. We have seen uh, uh, two uh, major coups that were successfully uh, uh, ousting a person. One was the uh, October 64 coup against uh, Khrushchev. And the other was uh, the Office 91 coup against Gorbachev, not successful as, uh, as such, but it's uh, certainly finished off uh, 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 Gorbachev. And uh, we are now seeing a security council, which is very strictly discussing all the main issues. Uh, so this is the real Politburo today, the 12 permanent members of the uh, of the Security Council, I see as the real government. The Council of Ministers, as you rightly suggested, has no real uh, power uh, today because it's headed by Medvedev. But uh, now when things are heating up about Ukraine, we see the Security Council meeting uh, three times in two weeks, which is uh, unique as far as uh, I'm aware. But that could be just,
0: well, I mean, another way of reading this, um, and again, I I agree with you, I I don't think we have any idea what's really happening, but another way of reading this is that um, Russia is facing this this horrible economic situation, and now it's perfectly clear that it needs deep and structural reforms, that corruption and the state-owned enterprises are a huge part of this problem, of the uncompetitiveness of, of Russia. Because in this reshuffle, you'll notice nobody from the um, liberal or economic bloc has been touched. Have, you know, Putin said publicly that the ruble was too strong, and just defied him and said, no, we're doing this inflation targeting, and that's what we're sticking to. And Sulayanov, um has managed to cut 10% off the budget and is trying to manage it and come up with clever schemes about refinancing things like VEB and what have you. And at the same time, Kudrin has come back, who's another one who can take with with Putin, um, and is drawing up this master plan uh, of how to rescue the economy. And an alternative or more optimistic argument, as some have put forward, is that uh, Putin needs to break up the old system, because of all of those guys who have been at the top forever, they're all connected to the oligarchs, to the stoligarchs, to the captains of industry and the state-owned enterprises. And a prerequisite to remaking the economy something a bit more modern would be to break up all of those relationships, which has just been done. Um, And at the same time, but I I agree, at the same time you've got things like the National Guard, so Putin's actually equipped himself with police and and firepower that is personally answerable to only him. So it does look like he is protecting himself at the same time as pushing forward this, this Kudrim plan. How does the Kudrin plan fit into your, 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 your take on the Security Council machinations?
1: Well, uh, to start with it, I think that uh, uh, Putin's power can be seen in three circles. One is the national security uh, KGB generals, uh, the top of uh, whom was uh, Sergei Ivanov, and all of the others will feel under uh, pressure now. The second is the state enterprise managers. Uh, where Vladimir Yakunin was uh, the top. Vladimir Dmitriev at the Bank has also been uh, 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 ousted as uh, doved at uh, Rosgidra uh, uh, power. And uh, this means that uh, the whole uh, two big groups are now feeling in danger. The only group that is not feeling in danger is the cronies. Gennady Timchenko, Arkady Rotenberg and Yuri uh, uh, Kavalchuk. So this is uh, not going in the direction of the reform. Uh, While uh, it's right that Putin maintains macroeconomic stability but uh, I would rather look up on these, all these uh, systemic liberals, as we are now called, as uh, subordinates uh, to him uh, with no political influence whatsoever. They are just carrying out uh, uh, Putin's order uh, to maintain large reserves, uh, as a small budget uh, a deficit, uh, a large current account uh, surplus, low unemployment, uh, low inflation. But this is really Putin, they are technocrats without power, therefore they don't matter. Putin is not back. Uh, We saw him at the Economic Council meeting uh, on the 25th of May. He was sitting low down at the table, slightly lower than uh, reactionary, Sergei yeah uh, uh, So this is just uh, image making public relations. It has nothing... It is, but they've to made do- some real
0: changes. I mean, the, they've cut into the pensions, um, they're going to raise the pensionable age. That was a, a taboo topic for the longest time, and, and now it's a definite plan. Um, and at the same time, they said explicitly they're going to introduce a, um, what do you call it, a sliding scale for income taxes, uh, where the rich will have to pay 70% of their income, uh, which, again, has been taboo for most of the last 15 years. And, um, again, if you look at e-procurement, those things have been pushed forward. I mean, I actually see insufficient but still telling changes, reform efforts uh, by the liberal camp. And... They haven't been touched. None of their people have been sacked or reshuffled. The people who have been reshuffled seem to come from the silver Key, connected to the Security Council, and I absolutely agree that the, the so-called Stoligarchs, uh, Tinchenko and Rottenberg and Sechin, uh, have been left untouched. But there as well, you know, Dmitriev from Venesh Econom Bank, who's in that inner circle, and Yakunin in particular, were both sacked, and so those, those guys have been affected by this shake-up but has left the economic team uh, in charge of policy and in charge of running their particular bits of the economy. However, that's a very limited part of the economy. They they can be in charge of. The military's not included, the social spending is not included. Um, So it's sort of useful, but insufficient uh, amount of of change. So you you remain pessimistic on the long-term outlook for the Russian uh, economy.
1: Well, in particular, you can see that Kudrin himself is talking about reforms from 2018 mm. after the next uh, uh, presidential elections. So not even the main reform spokesman uh, th- uh, thinks about uh, any reforms in the next uh, two years. Uh, you're right on the pensions, but that's a very limited reform and essentially budget cutting. Budget cutting Putin approves of, uh, but uh, not uh, to undertake uh, structural reforms. So I would distinguish um, Rottenberg, Tinchenko Kenko, or a few others like uh, uh, Nikolai Shamalov uh, from the state enterprise managers. I would expect more state enterprise uh, managers uh, to be sacked. We have recently seen uh, uh, criticism against uh, Nikolai Tokarev, uh, the head of... uh, uh, Transneft, the oil pipeline company, and Igor Sechin, as you mentioned, is clearly uh, on a declining uh, uh, slide. And I would also expect uh, to see a big fight among the security agencies where we are seeing um, FSB and SVR, uh, the bulk of uh, the old KGB standing against the FSO and the National Guard with the Minister of Interior in all probability siding with the FSB and the Minister of Defence presumably being quite an independent force. So I think this is where we should look for the big political fight in the next uh, Uh, month or uh, months, because I think that this is really quite urgent. So you think there's
0: going to be an out-and-out power struggle uh, in and around Putin and his office, and that's what he's preparing for. He sees it coming, and he's doing some house cleaning, breaking up some relationships in order to protect his position.
1: Yeah. And then he wants, uh, as you have alluded to, to have uh, obedient technocrats, uh most of all his old uh bodyguards, but also uh, simply technocrats coming from the old soviet nomenklatura like uh, uh anton Vino, uh faceless bureaucrats who are quite uh, quite uh, effective but are not supposed to um, think for themselves, but simply execute and uh, carry out orders. So this is what Yevgeny uh, Kiselyov uh, uh, sees as uh, similar to what uh, Stalin did in the 1937. Again, putting an
0: optimistic spin on this, you, you could also say that Putin is uh, hunkering down and, and uh, solidifying his position for two years where no reform is going to be done, which means the economy will continue to grind on at a very low level growth rate. Um, but the plan then is, like Kudrin said, from 2018 to unleash, you know, the dogs of reform and do something a bit more dramatic. But really, we're just talking about then muddling through for another two years to the 2018 presidential elections, after which then the possibility of doing these deep and radical structural structures uh, is possible because Putin can't stand again for president and so it doesn't matter what happens then. But in the meantime um, he is vulnerable because of the, you know the, sh- the shrinking prosperity. Do, do you think that's right? Re- I mean, you know what you've just said all fits that scenario very very neatly. Or
1: do you think it's more based than that? Yeah, you're far too optimistic and <laughs> <then. laughs> yeah I think that uh, Putin has decided to stay in power for life. Uh, He has done far too many things to leave power. He would expect to be uh, prosecuted or or worse. And uh, therefore he uh, wants to stay in power until life. Uh, What the Constitution says is not very important because Putin controls it. He can have it uh, changed within a few days if he so uh, desires. And uh, what we are seeing around uh, in other former Soviet Republic is that uh, that's exactly uh, what they are doing so expect uh, Putin to sit until he dies uh, or he's uh, be- being uh, ousted and uh, of course you're right that he's consolidating power but uh, I find it most most of all striking that uh, he's giving Rothenberg and Timchenko ever more contracts a week or two ago Uh, Timchenko got a new contract on the uh, power of Siberia uh, gas pipeline, which will probably never be built and used for 1.2 billion. Rothenberg has got uh, this uh, bridge over the uh, the stretch of cash, which will probably never be built. As far as I understand, he has already got $4 billion uh, uh, for it. Uh, Putin uh, this has given away Sheremetyevo airport uh, to, to Rotenberg which is probably worth $3 billion. So what we are seeing is that Putin is throwing ever more money on his uh, cronies. This is a, 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 an accelerated uh, uh, kleptocracy. And uh, as you and I talk to a big Russian businessmen, we hear that we are complaining that uh, the big state contracts are being increasingly um, allocated to the cronies so that uh, 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 other big businessmen who are not in the uh, privileged circle are not allowed to bid on the big... that's uh, true. That's all
0: true. I'd say in counter to you that I think you're far too pessimistic in so much as if Putin was going to change the constitution and make himself president for life, he would have done it in 2008. But um, I grant you all the, the, the big uh, state, the budget money contracts, the large infrastructure contracts are going to this very small group we, we call stoligarchs, the state-sponsored oligarchs. Um, and I think the idea there is, is that Putin doesn't want to give uh, this money to private contractors and not get any political payback for it. And of course, by giving it to his friends, he does. But then, how does that fit with the lower-level anti-corruption campaign? I mean, regional governors, you know, one after the other, have been accused of taking bribes and are thrown into jail, and that there's a real cost and risk. Uh, Yevgeny Dobbs from uh, Rus Hydro was just arrested for awarding himself a $10 million bonus. And these guys at the top are exempt, but if you take the argument that they're there to spend public money and not steal it, you know, so Putin can see where it goes, and everybody else is expected um, to be clean, then that's, that's a confusing situation, or not. Because on that hand, you know, the corruption is going down, and Russia is rising up Transparency International's uh, corruption index. Its, it's position has improved uh, 20, 30 points in the last couple of years.
1: Well, uh, I don't take the uh, corruption, uh, anti-corruption campaign seriously. I just see it as a matter of uh, Putin consolidating the power, uh, living according to the, uh, the old uh, uh, rule, the, everything for my friends, uh, to my enemies below.
0: Last question, just to sign off then. Um, your prediction for the Duma elections are united Russia going to walk it? Are they going to get 50% or is there going to be another manipulation to put them over the uh, the, the 50% threshold?
1: I would expect uh, a manipulation, but uh, it's not obvious that they will get 50%. And I think that it's quite important. Uh, I'm thinking of how the political process uh, changed uh, in particular in in, uh, Poland when uh, there was not a majority of uh, the communist uh, party but there were other support uh, parties If something happens, support parties can change uh, uh, the view of uh, uh, the situation Uh, So I I don't think it's uh, uh, insubstantial but I would expect United Russia to get uh, the majority in one way or the other.
0: So no mass protests this, uh, this winter like we had in 2011, or that remains a distinct possibility?
1: I can't see it, uh, that it's uh, li- likely to happen right now. But having said that, when such things happen, they always come unexpected.
0: Anders, fantastic to talk to you. Thank you very much for taking the time. Always a pleasure.
1: Lovely to talk to you, Ben, and very good questions. All the best.